0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. This is your co-host Bettina Davomar and with me in studio is Michael Hart, the Award-winning Psychotherapist of Elam Counseling Services. Today's show is an interesting show. If you're a parent, you want to stay tuned in. Today's show is entitled Six Strategies for Raising Successful Children. Maybe you're a parent today and you're thinking, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Am I too hard? Or am I too lenient in how I'm raising my children? I want them to be successful. Am I doing the right thing to raise These successful men and women. Welcome, Michael.
1: Thank you very much, Bettina. This is such a very important topic that we are covering today. Because when we talk about six strategies for raising successful kids, we are talking about the future of our children. We are talking about the future of the human race, and I think healthy homes. Make a healthy world, and if we have healthy children, then we are having an an influence on the future of society in general. So I think it's very what we are going to be covering today is going to be very informative in giving you strategies as to how to raise a successful children. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6, we are told to train up a child in the way he should go, and then when he's old, he will not depart from it. But there wasn't any instruction in following that that verse as to exactly what it means. But the good news is that throughout scriptures, there are things that we can learn from that we're going to be talking about some of those things today that will help you to set up your child for success in the future. In Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 to 19, we read these words. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and mind. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, speaking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up write them on the doorpost of your houses and on your gates. So in this passage of scripture that I have just read, we hear God instructing the Israelites as to how they were to impart unto their children the truth of the word that they would live by. And some of those principles are going to be covered. Some of the principles that are hidden in this verse of Scripture are going to be covered as we go through this show today.
0: So okay, Michael, now people might be listening today and saying, yes, this is a show for me. I've got children. I want them to be these multi-millionaires. This is success to them. Is this the kind of show that we're going to have today? <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> I like that image. Little Johnny with the $5 million in his account, you know, and mom and dad just right. get to retire at age 45 and just living in the sunny land of mm-hmm. the Caribbean. That's not what we are talking about nope. today. We're not talking about making little Johnny a multimillionaire or anything like that. So of course, I, I hope that I hope my listeners are not disappointed <laughs> yes. that we are not going to be talking about that. So I guess that's a good way to start, Bettina, mm-hmm. by covering what is it that we mean by, right. by success. So I think success has, for me, raising successful children have has three very important components. And I think the first component is that you want your children to be emotionally healthy, children and emotionally mm-hmm. healthy in the sense that they they are in touch with their own emotions and they're they're sensitive to the emotions of others it doesn't matter how much money you have if you're missing this ingredient of being emotionally healthy healthy, then life for you become a nightmare. And for people that you're living with, it becomes a living hell. And so we have so many clients who come in, they're living with narcissists who are just wrapped up in their old, own world and they're concerned only about themselves and have no sensitivity to the emotional needs of their partner. So just to be clear, that first ingredient of being emotionally healthy, raising emotionally healthy children is very important. And we're going to cover some points today that is going to to show you how to do that. The second thing is that you need to have your children poised to become the best version of who God created them to be. And that is so important because we are talking about their gifts, their talents that God has given them at birth. And we want them to be able to maximize those potential. So this show that we are talking about today, Six Strategies for Raising Successful Kids, is a way of helping you to pull out of your child what God has gifted them with and then the third ingredient uh, what when you're talking about success in the terms of this show what we, what we mean the third important ingredient is responsible. We want to, to your kids by being successful. We, we, we mean kids who have this sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So the three ingredients again that uh, embedded in this definition of success that we are talking about today is being emotionally healthy, two, being poised to become the best version of themselves, and three, becoming responsible.
0: And so, Michael, we're talking today about six strategies for raising successful kids. Which is the first, what is the first strategy?
1: The first strategy has to do with praise and the first strategy I would I would title that use strategic praise strategic praise and there are many scriptures in the bible that speaks about encouraging one another unto good works and i think that's a very important principle when it comes to developing successful children we want to be able to to encourage them and so when we talk about strategic Praise. what we are saying here bettina is that not just every kind of praise is good enough right right you, there's a specific type of praise that we are talking about here
0: and so what are the types of praise that we would need like so how would we do this
1: Okay, so by strategic praise, I'm drawing on research here that was done by Carol Dweck, and she is one of the world leading researchers in the field of motivation. And, uh, she's also, she also has professorship at Columbia and Harvard University, and she has lectured around the world. And she has written a lot about how we can motivate children. And one of the things that she talks about in her work is the difference between fixed versus growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And she says that how we praise our kids will fall into one of these two categories, either a fixed growth, a fixed mindset, or a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset is when you praise kids by telling them that they are intelligent, or you are so smart, or you're so gifted. Mm-hmm. When you praise kids like that, it is a fixed mindset. And that is not something that is in their control. So when you give those kind of praise, when kids come up on things that are difficult, just knowing that they're they are intelligent and they're smart, if they fail at something, it might shatter that concept that they have of themselves, and they might not be willing to try difficult things because they don't want to to be proven wrong that they're not really smart if they run into difficulties. Mm-hmm. So she said that a better way of praising children is the growth mindset where you praise them for their effort. I can mm. see that you did your best. I can see that you really prepared for this. And the mark that you got reflected that. So you see what what we are doing here when we praise kids like that, we're giving them something that they can control. Right. They can control their effort. They can mm. control being born smart. But if you start praising your kids for their effort that they put in, they are going to be motivated according to to Carol, professor Carol Dreck they're going to be motivated to keep trying harder and harder the next time. And the interesting thing about her studies, they've done studies with children as young as between one and three years old. And they have found that this strategy work for even kids that young. When you praise them for effort, they try are harder. So by strategic praise, I am saying praise the children for the effort that they put in not based not don't praise them and tell them that they are smart or they are gifted because that can have a negative connotation so it's not surprising that many kids who grew up in school and was given this gifted label oftentimes don't reach their full potential. That's and right. surprisingly, I see many of these kids in life that, that, that many of these kids that come into my practice who in life today, they are not doing well. And they say, I was the gifted child. But at a certain point, I just stopped trying when things became harder because they were praised for their giftedness. there weren't praised for their effort. And so it's important to have this, this growth mindset, develop this growth mindset in your children by praising them for their effort.
0: Michael, this is so very interesting. You talk about control. And uh, the, so the next point is, is quite interesting. Um We were talking, Michael, off the air about emotions, modeling and teaching um this and control that there must be an element of control there, too, knowing how to control your emotions and, and, and things such of the such.
1: Absolutely. What What is funny is that a, a number of many parents want to teach their children uh, to be able to regulate their emotions, but they don't demonstrate it in the home. So children learn by not just what we tell them, but by how we live our lives and the environment that they're in. So when God says in the in Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 to 19 that we are to write them on the doorposts of our home, mm. that's another way of saying when kids enter the household, the very essence of what's going on, the very atmosphere in the household is something that is teaching them. When they go through the door, they enter under the, under the word, under the influence of the word. So the doorpost, writing that on the doorpost could be a way of saying your home should be a place where you are modeling what it is. Is that you want to teach your children. Mm-hmm. And so the second point that we're talking about here is that you need to model and teach emotional awareness. And right. we talk about that being an ingredient in success earlier on when we define success. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we spoke about the first strategy using strategic praise. I love that one, Michael. And then the second one modeling and teaching emotional awareness. Now, would you agree, Michael, that um, children need aspirations, need goals, they need to um, know where they're going, knowing their purpose in life? Is that something that you Absolutely. would agree?
1: Absolutely. So, when we teach emotional awareness, one way in which we, we we do that is by speaking about our own feelings, and one of the things that we we can do when it comes to helping kids. Uh, prepare for the future it's it's a third point of helping them to dream and develop an imagination as to what their future could be like. We see this this principle throughout the Bible. Jesus again and again prepared the disciples for what was ahead Mm -hmm. by telling them what was ahead. And so we see also, if we look at how Jesus dealt with Peter when he was failing, and, and Jesus knew that Peter would would be would would deny him. Mm-hmm. Jesus was telling Peter that Peter, I have a dream for you. Right. I have a vision of right. who you who you are going to become. I see this vision of you that are going to you're you're going to go through some struggles, but I have this vision that you're going to come back and you're going to be stronger and you're going to be an influence on others. Mm-hmm. So I think it is very important for us to to. Develop this dream in our kids where we set high expectation we, we we tell them our vision that we have for them of the future mm-hmm. and by this mm-hmm. I don't mean that you're telling your, your children that you're going to be a doctor or you want them to be right. a lawyer <laughs> or, or anything dictating like that what right. dictating what, what you want to them be. to be so right. when we talked about success I said it means the best version of who God created them yes. to be given their talents and their skills mm-hmm. so I think there is a way we can do that where we help kids to realize that we're encouraging them. We're we're encouraging them to have a vision of their future, that they can be anything that they want to, to be if they put the effort in into it. And so it's very important for us to do that. So there are studies, there are actually studies that have been done about this. And I like to refer to these studies because it means that we're not just saying things off the top of our head, right? But it's actually backed up by researchers. So there was a study that was done with 15,000 girls aged 13 to 14. And they followed these girls for a ten-year period, and what the studies found—the studies was done research that was led by PhD candidate Erica Raskin Ramirez. Ramirez, I think that's the way you pronounce yes. it. Uh, yes, you, you pronounce it. And so, this study that was done at the University of Essex showed that the girls who had mothers that that consistently told these girls of their expectation of them and what they desired for them and had dreams for these girls future that the girls who had mothers like that that they did significantly better than homes in which there were no expectations wow, so for these girls. Hmm. And one of the things that they said is is that this this is really very profound and I think mm-hmm. it's very interesting but also very exciting because just by having expectation and dreams for your kids it had an influence on them according to this research and the influence was just not in the in the area of of producing girls who were going to be multimillionaires or got straight A in universities. What the research shows is that these girls were less likely to become pregnant as teenagers. Mm -hmm. They were more likely to attend college. They were less likely to get stuck in dead-end low-wage jobs. And they were less likely to have prolonged periods of unemployment. So just the expectation of the mm-hmm. parent, just the dream that these these parents had, these mothers in particular in this study, had of their daughters determined their level of success. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And with me in studio today is Bettina Dalmar, mm-hmm. And we are... Talking about six strategies for raising successful children. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can find it on our YouTube channel by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com, and there is a link there to all our social media pages, our YouTube page, our Facebook page, and you'll be able to access and listen to the rest. Of this show, we would also like to remind you that there are over two hundred other podcasts on our YouTube channel that you can listen to that have tons of helpful information, like the ones we are sharing today. However, we are—I want to let our listeners know, especially if you're a first-time listener—that we are a non-profit organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective, and you can find out more about that by going to our website. ElimCounselingMinistry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And you can also get a hold of us by phone at one 544 3546
0: Michael, I am enjoying this show as co-host. I mean, I have a nine-year-old and I'm thinking... You know what? I'm going to be using some of these strategies. I believe I'm using some of them, but there's some that I'm seeing here that quite, quite interesting. Before we go to point number four, now we're at three. Help them to dream. Would it be that we would have to have short-term um, uh, goals or long-term goals? Or yes, both? I think we
1: need to have both because a lot of times when we think about uh, setting expectation for our kids, we might think about, okay, what I want you to be when you graduate from university or what kind of profession later on in life. But mm-hmm. in terms of goals for, for, for children, what we need to think about also is short-term goals, like right. what are your expectations for your wow. child for this semester right. coming up uh, or for this exam that they have Coming exactly. up and making sure that you're involved in their life. It's not just enough to have expectations and say, okay, you can do it and leave the kids alone. But it also calls for for. Involvement and monitoring of your kids' activities to help them be the best version of themselves. Because left to their own devices, children—most children, I should say—are more likely to go for fun activities. Mm-hmm. But what this study also showed, Bettina, is that a lot of these girls who were successful—they said they didn't like their mother's involvement in their lives. They actually said they found their mo- mothers nagging. Right. But they—they they were thankful for it later on in adult life when they realized that it was for their own good. So don't try to become your ch- your children's friend. Right. You have to be a parent. And sometimes being a parent mean having these expectations and sticking to these expectations.
0: Michael, I really like what you just said don't try and be your child's friend. And I think a lot of parents we try and do that just to to be able to connect with our our children, but it's very important that we take that active parent role yes. and we we train our children. We, you know, yes, we are their friend, but most of all, we are their shepherd, we are their their mother, their father. And so it's funny, you we're talking about all these things that need to be done. What about number four? Number four is quite interesting.
1: The the fourth point is to practice interactive reading. There have been numerous studies that have been done that show that students who are exposed to reading before preschool are more likely to do well when they reach their period of formal education. But it's not just any kind of reading. You know, that kind of reading when you're tired and you just want (laughs) to get the the Bible story out of the way and you're just saying, you know, instead of reading the full story of Joseph, you might just read three verses and say, well, I've done my reading for the night. Yeah, (laughs) It's not that kind of reading. By... Interactive reading, we are talking about reading where you involve the child in the story. Mm -hmm. You read the story, you talk about... The child to the child about what would you do if you were in Joseph's position? Like, how do you think Joseph feels? So mm-hmm. you're helping the children to the child to understand the story when you do that, and you're developing their imagination and you're helping them to comprehend the the story. And as they they go through school, they're much more likely to be able to do that and when they right. have other stories to read. As well, mm-hmm. so this this practice of interactive reading, we could say a lot more about this, but just in a nutshell, that's what it is. You can stop and ask questions about the story mm-hmm. as well as you go along.
0: Practicing interac- interactive reading—that sounds like a lot of fun, Michael, for both parent and child. Which is strate- strategy number five?
1: The fifth strat- strategy is to promote outdoor play. A study has been done. With, with boys, 153 boys aged six to eight, and what they found is that the boys who who spent time outdoor had educational gain as a result. So these physical activities that that they did actually influenced their their creativity, oh. their their ability to pay attention, and led to them having better marks in math, for example, and and academically in general. So it, that's no surprise to me, right? Because uh, if you have a healthy body, you tend to have a healthy mind. And I think a lot of our children today spend way too much time uh, in front of the screen. I agree. And they are missing out on their ability to understand their environment and to expand their minds and to become curious about life in general. And I think the study is showing that we need to, to spend time with our kids outdoor. So that's point number five. Number six. The sixth point is to teach, the sixth and final point is to teach responsibility. Yes. Lithcott aynes cites the Harvard Grand Study of a famous 81-year-old longitudinal study in which he found that people generally need two things to be successful in life. And this study, she said, said these two things that we need to be successful in life, the first is love and the second is a work ethic. Mm -hmm. So we need to teach our children the responsibility Uh, the the responsible habit of doing things, of doing chores, for example, because this is a skill that they're going to need later in life. They don't know that people can depend on them to do tasks and that they have a responsibility to others and to themselves to be involved in doing things and I think it's it's sad that in many of our homes today the kids today have no responsibility no chores are very little chores and I think we are missing an opportunity to teach our children responsibility and so Bettina I see that we have quickly come to the end of today's show so yes. I think it was very it was fun doing this it show with really you these six, these six strategies <laughs> and I think we have covered some very practical points Absolutely. And we have backed it up with scriptures for the, for the most part and mm. with psychological studies that show what we, that what we are talking about here is not just something that we, we thought of. And so if you miss any of these six strategies, remember that you can find this by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com where you can listen to the full podcast. Elim spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And there are over 200 other shows there that you can listen to. Remember, you can also call us by phone at one 544 3546 Our shows on YouTube cover a number of different topics, mental health issues, couple-related issues, and many of them from a biblical perspective. We want to also inform you that we also have a Patreon page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, slash Elim Counseling, patreon.com slash Elim Counseling, and you can listen to the shows there as well. But that's a crowdfunding platform as well for podcasts such as ours. So please uh, be reminded that you can support us by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com for as little as $5 monthly. So if you haven't supported this show as yet, and you're a faithful listener that has benefited from this show, we're asking you to prayerfully consider making a donation uh, to this show. And so we want to... Uh, Thank you again for listening to this broadcast and remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.